All right. Good afternoon. Welcome in uh, to Opposition Research, our Thursday show where we talk about Mizzou football's opponent every week. I am Gabe DeArmond. We're going to be joined by Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated in just a minute to talk Mizzou, Kentucky, which is a 6.30 Central Time kickoff on Saturday night. But before we do that, we have bills to pay. And if you have bills to pay, uh, you want to take care of as much of your money as you can. If you're going to do that, you want to contact Stuart Eastman at Edward. Edward Jones here in Columbia. Uh, Stuart has actually been my financial guy for a few years now, and he will do his best to take care of you. Edward Jones offers numerous investments and services to help you reach all your financial goals, including smart spending and borrowing options, retirement, paying for education, estate considerations, and protecting your assets. You can get in touch with Stuart there at 817-3108. Area code is 573. You can also uh, find him on edwardjones.com. Just search for your particular advisor, and it is Stuart Eastman. I'm particularly concerned with the whole uh, paying for education part of things. I've got a uh, got a kid leaving for school here in 10 days. But before that, hey, there's two more football games before that happens, and one of them is uh, this weekend in Lexington, Kentucky. Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated, that's our Kentucky side on the Rivals Network, joins us now. And Justin, like we've been talking, I've, I've seen you've put this on your board and on Twitter. This is fair to say the biggest game of the year for both teams, certainly the biggest game so far, but I, I think it's kind of the one that determines how the season's going to go in the SEC East. I think you can make that case. I think if you're looking for a dark horse in the East, uh, Kentucky and Mizzou would be the two teams that qualify. Everybody has Georgia at the top every year. And after watching the game against Clemson, that seems like a a wise move. Um, Florida certainly has the second most talent in the East. And so the the team that comes out of this game 2-0 is going to be in a good position to end up in a good bowl game. And they're going to be in a a good spot in the pecking order. Yeah, and the the winner of this game, all nine years Missouri's been in the SEC, the winner of this game has finished above the loser in the standing. So a lot of people would say, well, of course they have. There's only eight games. But, I mean, that's that's a fairly significant trend. You, you You can see some upsets and stuff like that. So... How different, I guess, to start is this Kentucky team from the one that Missouri fans have gotten used to that basically was run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and if you force us to throw it on third and, like, 27, we might throw it, but we might still run it. Yeah. I think that's uh, what they want to do is different. Uh, They brought in Liam Cohen to fix the passing game because it was among the worst passing games in college football for going on several years. I mean, it really been a decade since Kentucky had passed the ball well. Uh, And you bring in Liam Cohen. He's installed the full Rams playbook. So for the first time in a long time, you're going to see Kentucky under center quite a bit. There's going to be a lot of play action passing. Uh, and, and they're still going to emphasize the ground game. It's not going to be like 75-25, but it is a wide zone concept. So you're going to see them running wide and then cutting back. And, uh, yeah, so so playbook-wise, schematically, offense is totally different. Defense is very similar. It, the interesting thing to me, and I'm sure you guys recognize this too, was that Liam Cohn and, and Missouri's new defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, have actually been on opposing sidelines before when Wilkes was with the Browns and Cohen was with the Rams. So it's an interesting two NFL guys now meeting in the SEC. Yeah, I, and I've, I've read about how that game played out. I'm not sure it has any bearing on the weekend right. uh, and what's going to happen between UK and and. 
Mizzou. But yeah, the coaching fraternity is a pretty small group of guys, and, and it's, it's pretty cool they have that history. And Cohen, he looked really good. He's the most popular guy in Kentucky right now because people were so fed up with the offense. They looked really good last week. But what I've kept telling people is wait until we see them against an SEC defense. And, you know, Missouri qualifies. So so we're going to get a, a pulse for where they're at right now. Yeah, some Missouri fans coming out of last week weren't sure that Missouri qualified. But they do qualify. They play defense in the SEC. Um, so that let's kind of start there. Did you learn anything last week? I mean – I would say the only things you can really learn in games against teams like Louisiana Monroe tend to be bad, right? I mean, Kentucky did what a good team should do to Louisiana Monroe, but did you really find anything out? I think we can safely say that when when Levis has time, he throws a really good deep ball. Mm -hmm. I think he's an elite deep ball thrower. Um, That's how they felt about him coming in. He, he didn't just hit those guys. I mean, he hit them in stride 50, 60 yards effortlessly downfield. Uh, but yeah, he, he was sacked four times, but in on pretty much every other play, he had it seemed like twenty seconds in the in the pocket. So Missouri had a lot of sacks last week. I think a lot of those came off the blitz, if I understand. Levis was very good against the blitz against ULM, but their blitz didn't get home usually. So uh, I think that was a little bit deceiving, and that's why the, the numbers look so good. They're gonna pressure him at times on Saturday, and we don't know how he's gonna respond to that yet. In terms of the running game. Um, I, I don't want to call it a concern, but maybe a, a, a reason for hope if you're a Missouri fan that's worried about the defense. Going back to the last week of fall camp, Stoops has been insinuating that all of the focus on the passing game has maybe caused them to lose a, a little bit on the ground. And, and they're still going to run well. They're still going to be one of the better rushing teams of the SEC. But, yeah, I don't think you can go in saying they might go for 300 yards this week. They're, they're not going to be that kind of team. Well, and the focus has been on the new quarterback and the skill position players, and we'll get there. But, I mean, Kentucky may have the best offensive front in the SEC. I mean, I, I've got a hard time, you know, Alabama I don't even include in these conversations. Like, yeah. they play their own sport. But outside of yeah. Alabama, Kentucky might have the best offensive line in the SEC. On paper, yeah. I mean, you've got Darian Kennard, who pro football focus is in love with. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, he's a good player, but they, they love some guys, and they love him. He had a 95 grade last week, two years in a row before he had been like one of the top offensive linemen in the country. On the other side, you got LSU transfer Dara Rosenthal, who transferred to Kentucky to kind of be a one and done. He wants to be a first, second round pick. And he had a mostly good game in week one. Uh, Eli Cox is a first year player at guard who is really good. They've developed some under the radar guys. And Luke Fortner slid over from guard to center. And he's a very high IQ, super senior, six year at the college level. And then Kenneth Horsey. So it's a more athletic line than people are used to seeing from Kentucky because they're not that inside zone. We just want to beat you up inside team. But they've transitioned very smoothly with with the transfer portal and with the guys they've had waiting in the wings. So it's more athletic, but they look good on paper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, Will Levis is going to get the attention for obvious reasons, and he's the quarterback. And But when I look at Kentucky's offense, to me, the biggest reason to think, hey, maybe this is different is Wondell Robinson. Um, and I know that he was a guy that Kentucky fans were relatively devastated when he went to Nebraska out of high school, ended up a year back, a year away and got him back. Uh, I mean, how big a difference is just having that threat of a guy that, I mean, Drinkwood said, Hey, any given play, he's, he's a threat to, to get you over the top. Yeah, it took a lot to get Wandale on board with Kentucky because it, it was it didn't go well in high school. He was at a signing ceremony where he announced for Kentucky, but we were hearing as he was announcing, 
he's he's going to flip to Nebraska shortly. So it, it didn't go so well at that time, but he's happy he made the decision. He had two touchdowns last week. That's as many receiving touchdowns as he had all of last year mm-hmm. again, uh, for Scott Frost in Nebraska. It's weird to think that a guy would leave Scott Frost to go to Mark Stoops to become a a more prolific receiver, but that seems to have happened. And he had some big plays. The great thing about Wandale is he absorbs contact and stays North-South. And he's going to spend a lot of time in the ice bath because he doesn't shy away from that contact. But just in terms of footwork and kind of a mini Rondale Moore, I would say. And, um, yeah, he's made a big difference so far. A mini Rondale Moore would be really small. I feel like because I've seen Rondale Moore play and he wasn't huge. But uh, also, I, I can't let this pass. You said it, it's unusual that somebody would leave Scott Frost to be a receiver. It's really not unusual, though, that anybody would leave Scott Frost these days. That's just uh, that's that, right. That's, that's just not even fan. Yeah. So um, it, then it, the running backs, uh, every, Chris Rodriguez is is the guy. And look, I, I've said on our board, like once every four or five years, there's a guy in recruiting that I actually just openly say, I want Missouri to sign this guy. I'm still fairly irritated that Missouri offered Cavassier smoke and did not sign him. Has nothing to do with how he plays. I have no idea. I just want that guy on my team with that. I get to talk about a guy named Cavassier smoke every week. He's, he's a really talented player. Yeah. And uh, he didn't have a great week last week. He fumbled. He didn't put the ball in his outside arm going to the sideline. And they got lucky because the refs called them out of bounds running back the other way. And he wasn't out of bounds. Um, And then he had a big drop in the, in the open field, but they're two totally different players. Smoke is is an explosive slashing runner who is going to beat most guys in a foot race. And C-Rod is not going to beat many guys in a foot race, but he's going to dish out, dole out some, some punishment to guys trying to tackle him. I think it's an open question. Is wide zone the best scheme for, for Chris Rodriguez because that cutback, and getting through that hole fast are prize qualities, and, and he's really just more of a grinder, a, a beat-you-up kind of guy. Does he have the explosiveness to be a great back in that scheme? We're going to find out, uh, and, and I'm sure, you know, as much as we've talked about Levis, Drinkwitz has already said stopping the run is, is the priority, and I think that establishing the run is going to be the priority for Kentucky. Yeah, and uh, well, you mentioned the cutbacks. Uh, Missouri's linebacking core had some issues with that last week against Central Michigan. Um I mean, look, they lost Nick Bolton. He's the, uh, the second-round pick. He is going to play a lot on Sunday in Kansas City. So, obviously, replacing him was going to be tough, but the linebacking core had a tough time. Um, Missouri really started having success when they blitzed, which I think against Central Michigan you can do because you can man up their receivers on the outside. If Missouri does that and has to cover Robinson and, and Josh Ali one-on-one, you know, is that – it, it, do you think that's a recipe for success, disaster, or somewhere in between? They looked good last week. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's kind of strange because we have been conditioned to think that this was like the worst wide receiving room in college football. And I think what you had is is the quarterback play was probably more of an issue in the past. I think the receiver play was was better than it probably should have been because the quarterback play was so bad. But, yeah, I mean, th- these guys look fast and explosive getting off the line of scrimmage. Isaiah Epps emerged as, like, a number three. He's coming back from an injury, and he's a deep threat. It's not a really deep receiving core. You're talking about they're, they're looking at a couple of freshmen to help them in the four and five spots. But but in terms of Josh Ali and Mondale Robinson, they have a legit, I, I would say, upper echelon SEC one-two punch there at receiver, and it's been a long time since we've seen that. Talking with Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated here on Opposition Research. This is our Thursday show. Every week during the season, we're going to look at Missouri's opponent that Saturday. Speaking of research, 
Edward Jones, Stuart Eastman. Those are the guys that are going to do your financial research. I'm not smart about that stuff. I just say, I don't know, do something that's not going to lose, lose me money. And he actually ends up making me money. So I appreciate that. Um, you guys should get in contact with him, 573-817-3108 or at edwardjones.com. He makes uh, this show go every Thursday, and we're going to flip sides of the ball, Justin. So Kentucky's defense is relative to the last few Kentucky defenses that everybody has kind of gotten used to. Where's this one fall, do you think, at the end of the year? About what you've gotten used to seeing. Mm -hmm. Just schematically, they focus on keeping everything in front. They do not want to get beat by the big play. And so if you can take what they give you, if they give you five yards, just take the five yards, live to see second and five, live to set up third and one, third and two, that's how you beat Kentucky, unless you're Alabama. Uh, Missouri did that last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, Connor, Connor was mature beyond his years in that game. He executed a very simple game plan, um, just really, really thoroughly. And that was the difference in, in that game and their wins against Tennessee and Mississippi state. When their quarterbacks decided they want to pass into double and triple coverage downfield, they just weren't patient. That's why I think fans feel like Kentucky is, is rightfully a favorite in this game, but they're worried because they saw what this young quarterback did and how much poise he had in executing a, a game plan last year that they'll probably see again uh, to some extent on Saturday. That was one of the weirdest football games I've ever seen. I mean, Kentucky ran 35 plays the entire day, and yet somehow it was a seven-point game with like 10 minutes left. You know, it was, it was bizarre. I've never felt like a team dominated a game so much, and yet with six minutes left, you're going, eh, I mean, hey, I've seen this movie against Kentucky before, and it's not impossible that that it flips. Um, it, it, again, you don't learn a lot in week one. Louisiana Monroe, I don't think, has the most potent attack. But if if you're talking to Mark Stoops, is he what's he most confident? And then I guess flip side, where's he worry on this defense? I mean, is there a spot where maybe they are vulnerable? Um, I, I would say against most teams, there aren't any any glaring holes. You know, is Georgia going to be able to line up with Zamir White and run in between the tackles? Probably so. Um, you know, is Florida going to be able to isolate guys in the perimeter and, and make you miss? Yeah. They don't have great depth at cornerback. They only have three cornerbacks that they feel really good about right now because there are six guys out with an outstanding legal issue, and three of those guys are defensive backs, younger defensive backs. So if Missouri can get four receivers, five receivers on the field at times – that, that could really test the depth of Kentucky's secondary, especially a cornerback. Uh, but otherwise, they've got you know seniors and super seniors on every level of the defense. Josh Pascal on the defensive line. Uh, Marquand Bully McCall, who I think Drinkwitz talked about this week, uh, nose tackle. They've got DeAndre Square at linebacker, who I know Missouri recruited, and Yusef Corker at safety. And, and these are really high IQ football players. It's a defense that has a lot of coach-on-the-field types, uh, but no Josh Allen. You know, a clear-cut first-team All-SEC player who's just going to punch you in the mouth and hold you without a first down in the second half like they did a right. few years ago at Missouri. So right. I would say solid, uh, but but not a lot of star standouts. What's the uh, what's the reaction in Lexington to Eli Drinkwitz coming out yesterday and saying, we are nowhere near ready to uh, go play a good team like this on the road? Because the reaction in Columbia has been, oh, well, he's just trying to send a message to his team. And I, I've been telling people, like, He's also trying to control expectations because you know how it is when a team starts recruiting in a way they haven't recruited before, fans get a little ahead of themselves, right? And think maybe this is going to be the nine and three year when 
this is probably not going to be the 9-3 and three year, and I think Eli Drinkwitz knows that. So I, I think he is trying to motivate his team, but I also think there's a little bit of truth in what he's saying here. Yeah, well, look at Mac Brown in North Carolina. I mean, they're recruiting probably at a top 10 level right now, and we thought they were a top 10 team, and those those four- and five-star players are just freshmen right, right. now. They're not right. making that impact. We saw it against Virginia Tech, and we saw it from Kentucky and Mark Stoops. It took four years for him to get to them to the postseason. And Drinkwitz has a much better situation now than I think Stoops did when he took over. But I'm with you. I think it's a little bit of both. I think uh, most Kentucky fans uh, believe that he's blowing smoke. They really want to hate him. They really want to hate Missouri. I don't think they they do hate Missouri um, quite yet, but I think they they want to not like him. At the same time, they respect him. You can't not Correct. listen to him and hear a guy who has kind of an inner confidence um, in his ability, and, and he just knows. Okay. We, uh, oh, there you go. Can you, yeah, you froze up there for a minute, but yeah, you're good now. I, I, so I think it's a little bit of both. I think, yeah, he does want to control expectations as well because Kentucky fans want this to be a buzzsaw kind of game that Missouri's coming into because they, they were upset with how last year's game went, and um, and I think they, they have revenge written on it. Yeah, and Missouri obviously was – I mean, Kentucky's kind of been the thorn in the side, right, for five years yeah. before that. I mean – I don't want to call this a rivalry yet, but it could turn into a pretty solid series. And I think they're both positioned to be the winner of this game, you know, is that team that year in and year out, kind of as long as Tennessee's going to bumble around and do what Tennessee's done for the last 20 years, the winner of this game might be in position to be that challenger in the East. Yeah, I agree. And and Missouri, as you know, it might not seem like it now, but they under Pinkle were kind of the roadmap for Kentucky. Yeah. You know, if you're not going to recruit top 15, top 20 classes every single year, well, you got to have good quarterback play. It helps if you can develop some some guys at a position, maybe receiver. You develop defensive linemen. That's that's kind of the, the roadmap. They veered off in their own direction, but the same challenges, the same the same uh, obstacles, the same roadblocks that Kentucky has. I think on a certain level, Missouri probably does as well. Not as much in-state talent as some other schools in the league. Proximity compared to some of the other schools. So yeah, I see some some potential for a rivalry there. Yeah, and you said Kentucky fans want to dislike Drinkwitz. I, I'm just going to tell you, if Missouri gets good, he's going to be a pretty easy guy for other other schools to dislike. I think yeah. because you said he has an inner confidence. I mean, I think even he would say. He has extreme confidence, and yeah. you know it is. Uh, it is going to come. I don't think that's a negative, but it will come across uh, as as something that other fan bases pick up on. So, w- what's this atmosphere going to be like uh, Saturday? Do you think it's it's a full house? They want it to be a full. I mean, I think it's going to be ninety five percent capacity. The corners yeah. might might not be full, but it's going to be a wild atmosphere. Probably be the best atmosphere they've had since Florida in two thousand and eighteen. And um, similar to the atmosphere, uh, I want to say in 2016 or 2015 when Missouri went to went to then Commonwealth Stadium, mm-hmm. and I want to say Kentucky won by 10. But yeah, it's going to be people are going to anxious to be back in the a mostly full stadium, and I think it's going to be really loud. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I think Kentucky by five is a fair line. I thought it'd be maybe a point or two higher as I look at this thing. Kentucky's a little further along, obviously, in building the program. Kentucky has a little bit more talent right now. It would not be shocking to see Missouri win, but it'd be an upset. I mean, is that kind of your view of it? Yeah, I think so, too. I think on a, on a neutral field, I think it would be like a, a one or a two-point line. And I think uh, at Kentucky, five makes sense. I'll probably pick them to 
to win. And what I tell people at the site who, who are overly confident about this game is I think Kentucky probably does have slightly more talent at most positions, but Missouri has what I would call a good quarterback and a good coach. Mm-hmm. And those are two of the biggest boxes to check. If you go into a game with a good coach and a good quarterback, unless it's Georgia or Alabama, you got a shot. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you use many sacks as they had last week, and we haven't seen how Levis responds to those things. What happens if he throws a couple of picks and they're down by 10 points? We don't know. Uh, so there's enough variables that I think Mizzou fans can can realistically expect for it to be really competitive. Yeah, it should be a good one. Um, looking forward to it on Saturday. Justin, appreciate you taking some time, man, and uh, we will uh, we'll catch up with you down the road. For sure. Thanks a lot, Kate. All right, that is Justin Rowland from Cats Illustrated uh, joining us now, or joining us previously, not now. Now we are letting him go, but uh, he uh, he runs the Kentucky site on the Rivals.com network, and you guys can check it out over there. They do they do a really good job, um, and look, I know you're going to say, well, you would say that about anybody in Rivals. I wouldn't say that about anybody in Rivals. I tell you the people that I think do a really good job do a really good job and and they do um if i don't say that maybe don't go to that site uh but go to all of our sites obviously um also go to edward jones and go to Stuart eastman's office over at 4301 rainbow trout drive suite 102 here in columbia Stuart is going to help you out with every aspect of your financial future, it is important to work with somebody who takes the time to understand you and your unique situation. Edward Jones will take a step-by-step approach to identify your goals and develop specific strategies to help you achieve them. Contact Stuart today at 573-817-3108 to see how personal service can make a difference. And uh, we are now a little bit over 48 hours away from Mizzou, Kentucky. Uh Look, huge game, and appreciate Justin uh, joining us to kind of break it down. We will continue to do that over the next couple of days. Uh, Mitchell Forty will have his full game preview and prediction tomorrow afternoon on the site, and he will be in Lexington for us on Saturday despite the SEC's quite strange uh, media rules that will have him doing interviews on a computer. Uh, Mitch is going to Lexington, so you guys will have in-person coverage. Uh, I want to thank those of you who are able to join us at lunchtime, kind of watch along live, um, but also thank all of you who are watching this on a replay. Download the podcast. Just hit the like button on the video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave the podcast good reviews. Do all those things. They all help us be able to bring you guys these shows every single day, and tomorrow we're going to have our pick show presented by MasterTech. Uh, I'm reminding everybody I was 7-2 and two last week, so if I can just continue that, I'm about to open up a side business uh, in the 2022 season. So thanks for watching, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later on.